0: This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrochi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network.
2: This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts. And this is Craig Williams from sunny Southern California, where it's almost 80, Bob. I understand you're getting some snow today. No, no snow here. Not yet. And um, today's um, program is going to be about uh, Twitter. But before that, uh, we should talk about our blogs. Bob, you write a couple of blogs? I write a blog called Law Sites, another blog called Media Law, and also Legal Blog Watch for Law.com. And I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court.
1: Well, that's right. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about social networking today. Uh, I, it seems like I've been talking a lot about this lately. Uh, it's something that law firms are curious about. Lawyers are curious about. Uh, and uh, firms are starting to get familiar with LinkedIn. There's a lot of talk about Facebook. Uh, there are any number of specialized lawyer to lawyer. Professional networking applications, legal uh, on-ramp, Martindale-Hubble Connected uh, is on its way, still in beta. But today we're going to kind of focus in on uh, one particular application, Twitter, uh, a free social networking and micro-blogging service that uh, in August alone had more than a million unique visitors just
2: from the United States. Well, I really don't know what Twitter's about, Bob, so I'm really looking forward to this program, but it's the uh, show where everybody's going to be able to find out. Some firms look at social networking as a great PR tool for business, a way to reconnect with former colleagues or network with new contacts. Others may see social networking technology and fear that their firm's name could be tarnished if their employees misuse these easily accessible sites. Well, just
1: moments before the show got started, I saw tweets come up from both of the guests that we're going to have today, uh, letting others know that they are going to be on our show today. Uh, so today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to explore this world of social networking as it applies to to the legal profession, uh, and in particular, Twittering. Uh, I've been Twittering for a couple of weeks now. I, I'm somewhat new to it. Uh, But we'll uh, also uh, talk about why some lawyers may be skeptical of it and why some lawyers are embracing it and find out more about how it works.
2: Well, our first guest is Brian Carter. Brian is a competitive optimizer who helps businesses understand how to get more results faster. As a speaker, Brian delivers humor, insight, real-world success stories. He breaks down technical topics, makes them easy to understand, and focuses on giving audience useful takeaways. Brian runs customized two-day digital communications workshops and is a Google AdWords consultant. He's the director of search engine marketing, PPC, and social media at Fuel Interactive. And he likes, of all things, baked beans. Welcome to our show, Brian Carter.
3: Hi, guys.
1: And joining us next is Heather M. Milligan, who's director of marketing at the law firm of Barger and Woolen in Los Angeles. Heather began her career in legal marketing in 1998 after spending 10 years working with nonprofit and member service organizations. After serving in senior marketing positions with AmLaw 100 firms, Heather is currently the director of marketing uh, at Barger and Woolen, a mid-sized law firm. In Los Angeles, as the first marketing director at the firm, Heather is charged with developing a comprehensive marketing and business development program, including the migration towards social media marketing and uh, public relations platform. In early 2008, Heather began The Legal Water Cooler, a blog dedicated to the business of law. Heather is an active member of the Legal Marketing Association. And welcome to the show, Heather
2: Milligan.
4: Thank you very much.
2: Well, Brian, let's start with you. Tell us um, how, what Twitter is, how it works, how you can use it, kind of give people who've only heard of it or maybe even not have heard of it yet uh, what it's all about.
3: Okay. Well, this is, this is a really hard question to answer, really. Anybody who's tried to answer it will tell you because it's, it's something that until you use it, you really don't get it. I thought it was stupid when I first heard about it. I, I thought I have too much of a life to, to do something like this. But basically, it's kind of like instant messaging or chatting, but it's open. So you can see your friends' friends, and you can go follow them. And you can pretty easily openly network with all kinds of different people, whether they're in your industry or whether they're in PR, they're journalists or anything. And because it's such a quick and short 140-character environment, um, I've seen research that says this is the way our brain works. It's It's just an amazingly... Active way to communicate with people and it's and networking with people is really quick because you get to see their personality so you get to make connections with people faster.
2: Well do, how do, do you use a cell phone to do this? Is there anything different than uh, instant messaging or anything different than text messaging?
3: Yeah you can you can go on twitter.com and use it that way. There are other op- applications you can use in Firefox or from your desktop. you can do it for, I do it from my BlackBerry. With a program called Twitterberry, people do it from their iPhones. Um, so it works with SMS. It, it works online. There, it, it's, it, there are a lot of different ways you can do it.
2: And what is it that you do?
3: <laughs> well, really, you know, it's really personal. It's it's kind of a platform. You can do anything you want with it. You can follow anybody you want. You can say whatever you want. So you can be as personal or professional or or profane, I guess, even if, as you wanted. Whatever fits what you're trying to do on there.
2: Well, Heather, that's got to scare law firms.
4: Yeah, I I think it does scare law firms. I mean, you're giving, you know, individual people a lot of power which is to communicate outside the confines of the four walls of the law firm. But at the same time, it does allow you to very quickly go out there, start building a network, building relationships with people, uh finding like interests, you know, and developing a 360 degree personality where before People just knew me as a legal marketer, and now people get to know me as a legal marketer, as a mother, as a Girl Scout troop leader, and and they start to find out all my other interests. And I'm starting to bond and build relationships with people on all of those interests as well now.
1: Well, that's something that's been interesting to me as I've been watching what people are tweeting about, I guess, here, is that is the range of what they're commenting on. Uh, Lawyers are not just talking about what they're doing in their law practice, say, or what they're reading or what they're up to professionally, but they're also mentioning that they're, you know, off to pick up the kids after school or what they're cooking for dinner or uh, any number of things. It's, I'm not sure that this is a good thing for professional marketing. Uh, You know, Heather, what do you think about that?
4: Well, you know, what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing myself, and and one thing I'll say about Twitter is that we're all using the tools as we're getting to learn how to use them you know there's no you know waiting and figuring it out over a 6 month period i think we're all jumping in with both feet and learning as we go along you know what i'm seeing is that i can twitter live at a conference letting people know what's happening and very quickly start building my network by people who are interested in what i am saying you know i have a colleague who showed up at a conference um sent out an email that he was sitting in the bar and all of a sudden people started walking up to him and he started building personal relationships with people who are there. So it is a way of very quickly starting, you know, similar to grabbing a microphone and just saying, if anybody wants to come talk to me about this issue, I'm sitting over here. And yet you're able to do that in a non intrusive way and start you know, finding people with like interests, whether it is your business interests, or your personal interests. And, you know, one thing I will say as a marketer of lawyers is that clients hire lawyers that they know, they like, and they trust. And I see Twitter as a way of getting to know lawyers, getting to like lawyers, because you start finding out they're more than just business, and they get to trust them more. So I see it as a really good tool for people to get out there.
2: Well, obviously Twitter is for those who are, I would say, severely connected because the only people that are, are on the cutting edge are using Twitter at this point. Um, so how do you market using Twitter to, you know, the people that are on the golf course and establishing relationships that way?
3: Well, there's there's two ways you guys are going to market It's One's going to be really direct. The other's going to be indirect. So if you're on Twitter and you hook up with somebody that's in PR or at you know, somebody like Rick Sanchez from CNN is on there, then you can, you can make relationships that will indirectly find you clients.
2: Well, when you deal with Twitter, is that searchable on Google, or how is it that people that are not connected in Twitter find out what's going on in Twitter? Do you have to be, do you have to sign up and register on Twitter in order to be able to, to search it or find it?
3: No, you don't. You can go to search.twitter.com, and that's probably the best way to search uh, tweets is what they're called, individual tweets. Um, you can, they're also indexed in Google. Uh, but the way that you find people is you can either, there's also a directory of people called Twello, T-W-E-L-L-O. So you can search for people by profession. Um, so you may search for people based on an interest or a keyword and find people that way. You look at what they're tweeting about and then you follow them. Um, or somebody you're following, this is the sort of the exponential power of, the people you follow have followers and they're tweeting with other people you're not following. So you see what they're saying to those other people. You get curious about the conversation. Go over and check out that other person and you might follow them.
2: This month's Wired Magazine predicts that Twitter will replace blogs. What's your feeling about that? <laughs>
4: No, I I was just going to say, I don't think that Twitter will replace blogs, but I think that Twitter will feed blogs more um, now than they ever have. I I use Twitter to promote my blog and what people are saying on my blog, and I'm finding it drives traffic that way. And I know that other bloggers out there are using Twitter the same way, and they're driving business to their blogs via Twitter. So it becomes a news feed. Um, It's going directly out to the reporters who are interested in the issues that you're talking about. You know, you only have 140 characters on Twitter. You can't get into an in-depth conversation in 140 characters. You can say a lot, but you're not going to give an analysis of a legislative issue that way. You do that over on your blog, and you use Twitter to promote it.
3: Right. A blog is a longer piece. It's not as long as a book, but it's longer than a tweet. So it's a place to demonstrate your expertise to some degree. And then you can get that out on Twitter and connect with people and announce it. Like I have this thing I call the trifecta, which is a combination of blogging, twittering, and social bookmarking on sites like Dig. And those three things together seem to help get you more exposure a lot quicker.
1: I've been impressed in, this, in the week or so that I've been on Twitter here that with, with how many new blogs I've discovered by uh, seeing tweets and connecting with people on Twitter and how many people seem to have connected with my blog.
3: Right. It's, I mean, that's one of the big things about Twitter. It's not just about talking to people. It's about becoming more aware of what's going on. I, I mean, just for example, the fact that this earthquake in China some months back was reported on Twitter an hour before it was on CNN. Uh, So there's all kinds of things you won't even be aware of in your industry if you're not paying attention to the people that are talking about them.
4: And for all of us who are in PR and and who need to focus on PR, we're finding the reporters are contacting people and finding their experts through Twitter right now, that your RSS feeds are going directly to the reporters. So it's just another way of making those connections that are going to get you that visibility uh, that a lot of the lawyers and the law firms are looking for.
2: What about professionalism? I mean, one of the things that it seems very casual um, from what I've seen of some of the tweets that I'm looking at right now, there's an awful lot of abbreviations. And I mean, you've got to understand uh, Internet ease in order to be able to read it.
4: Well, I think with professionalism, every individual at every given moment of every day is required to maintain the professionalism of their brand. And that comes down to whether or not you are at a cocktail party or if you're online that you are a professional first and foremost when I am at the soccer game, whenever I put something on my Facebook, if it goes out on my Twitter, if it goes out on my blog, it will be professional.
3: I'd agree with that. And I think there are ways to, to show people something about yourself without being unprofessional. I don't know if it's unprofessional to be a fan of a sports team or something like that, but that's if you if you tweet about, you know, your favorite sports team, that's something people can connect to either positively or negatively, but then it starts a conversation.
1: Heather, I wanted to ask you whether you've experimented with Twitter as a public relations tool at all, and if so, what you're doing in that regard.
4: Well, right now I'm still in the experimental stage, and I'm using it for myself right now, and I'm experimenting on me. And beginning right now, I'm starting to experiment on one of our partners. And what I'm finding is that... You know, very quickly, very quickly, you can raise your profile, whether it's on your Google search results through all of these social media tools, including Twitter but also LinkedIn and your Facebook, anything that's out there, your blog, they all increase your profile. As a PR tool very quickly, um I was called and asked to participate on this program, so obviously it's working. You know, I started my blog just last spring. Um, got onto Twitter actively in the last couple months, though I've been registered since last spring. And I'm building a reputation in my marketplace very deliberately as someone who is using and is an expert on Twitter.
1: And I guess I was thinking, I'm wondering whether firms should be using Twitter as a way to be sending out you know, announcements about the firm, updates, uh, or, or does that create too much traffic and, and too much noise?
4: No, they absolutely should be using a Twitter to get the word out on what they're doing in the firm, whether it's a lawyer who's participating on a program, speaking at a conference. People are searching on those terms. If you are attending the ACC conference last week, there was, you know, people were searching on ACC and connecting via Twitter to find other people at the conference who they could connect with and build relationships with. If you're not using Twitter right now, you're missing out because other people in the room are.
3: Yeah, I, I was going to say that, like she says, um, the thing is, you can miss out on opportunities that you don't even know about. And I think that's one of the real risks. There are risks of engaging in this, but there are also a risk of missing opportunities. Um, like our firm, I've gotten to speak at a number of conferences because I'm on Twitter. Uh, we've connected up with uh, some mom bloggers who are associated with Walmart, and we're going to do a PR thing on New Year's. And none of that would have happened if I weren't on Twitter
1: something that I noticed uh, I think it was uh, well I forget who it was I, I saw somebody comment on on Twitter the other day that one of the one of the ways they find it valuable is simply as a listening tool to kind of find out what people are talking about what the buzz is about uh, have either of you experienced that do you do you see that as a valuable tool from a professional point of view
4: I do. I follow the hot conversations of the day. Um, earlier in the week, um, a lot of people in my business on the marketing and business development side were talking about a new book that had come out. And I have a search, ter- search, global search on that term right now, and I'm following the conversation. I'm seeing how people are employing the words of wisdom out of this new you know, business development book. I haven't read the book yet, but I'm getting a lot of information about it before I even crack it open. So I enjoy following the, you know, the top conversations of the day in my industry of legal marketing, but also following the top conversations that are happening in the legal community, but also the insurance industry, which my firm represents.
2: How does Twitter compare with the other social marketing uh, efforts that are out there, like Facebook and LinkedIn? I mean, Heather, I see on your, on your blog that you've got LinkedIn links, but I don't see any Twitter links.
4: No, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a live Twitter feed on my blog. If you go down, my Twitters are feeding live into my blog.
2: How does it compare with uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and other types of social marketing efforts, Brian?
3: Well, um, they all have different demographics. I mean, it's slightly different functions and different degrees of openness. I mean, you know, LinkedIn is is great because it's more affluent. It's it's an older audience uh, as opposed to, well, I mean, a really young audience on Facebook, for example, uh, and, and more educated. So... When you get on LinkedIn, you're you're with a more professional group, and if you get into their groups and you're answering you're answering questions people ask, you're looking like an expert, and you're able to network with the people that are probably more useful for you guys in in the legal industry. Um, you know, Facebook is a little bit weirder. It's not as open. You know, unless you're friends with somebody, you can't see anything, so it doesn't provide a lot of you know findability really, uh, and it's personal, so it gets into that professional issue. Um, Twitter, I, I think, is just in a different category because it's such a network networking accelerator.
4: I look also that these tools are a progression that, you know, you start off that you have to have the LinkedIn, so that starts to uncover hidden relationships or dormant relationships, and then you can start building off of that. I found a lot of my professional relationships started migrating over to Facebook um, to start building more personal relationships there as we started to become more friends and colleagues. And Twitter, once again, is just another way of going out there and reaching into a community where I don't know people and I'm starting to identify and uncover potential relationships out there and starting to build from that as well.
1: It seems to raise the question uh, of of whether uh, professionals need to be selective about social and professional networking tools that they're using or should or or is it better to be kind of ubiquitous and, and use as many of them as possible? Brian, you have thoughts on that?
3: I'm I'm a big believer in in what I'd call social ubiquity, which is just being everywhere that matters. Not only like Heather mentioned, but for the, the search engine benefits of being able to be found on your brand name or being able to I mean imagine the benefits of being able to protect your reputation when you have the top 10 results for your name. So nobody else can put in like a, this law firm sucks sort of website, right? That's one of the benefits of being on all these different social profile uh, networks and so on. Um, But, you know, I I think what Heather said, there's a lot of insight there. I mean, the fact is Facebook is more personal. So if you are gonna network with people there, you you still have to be a little bit careful about what photos you put up there and that kind of thing. You know, like if I were a younger lawyer, I wouldn't necessarily probably want to network with anybody on Facebook because I'd want to be establishing a more professional persona after school.
2: Well, we need to take a short break. When we return, we'll hear more about social networking and what our guests are doing to get the word out and get attorneys involved.
0: Lawyer to Lawyer is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and send us an email.
5: Visit WestLegalWorks.com to register for the 12th Annual Electronic Discovery and Records Retention Conference being held November 6th and 7th in Chicago. For more information, visit WestLegalWorks.com. Here's something you won't find every day. Free legal research. Findacase.com has a state-of-the-art Boolean search engine complete with date-range searches and proximity operators designed for complex legal research problems. Findacase is perfect for the infrequent user of subscription-based legal research services who doesn't want to waste time searching in every corner of the web looking for a specific decision. With an archive of millions of federal and state opinions, Findacase is updated daily with newly released decisions findacase.com making legal research affordable so you don't have to
0: Lawyer to Lawyer is produced by the Legal Talk Network and a staff of broadcast professionals. If you have an idea for a topic or a show, we want to hear from you. Go to legaltalknetwork.com and send us an email.
1: Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi, and uh, J. Craig Williams and I are talking about social networking and uh, Twitter in particular with our guests, Brian Carter, uh, a, uh, a competitive optimizer, and uh, Heather Milligan, director of marketing at the Los Angeles firm Barger and Woolen. So, Craig, we've been talking about this now for twenty minutes or so. Are you figuring it out at all? Are you, are you? Do you feel like you're learning anything about Twitter as we talk
2: about this? I am learning, and I did find on on Heather's blog the uh, the Twitter updates, and I've got to ask her about one of them because I frankly I don't understand it, and maybe uh, that's where I'm. I kind of have a hard time with this, um, and I think it's kind of funny that it's called Twit this, which is something of a. Uh, where I grew up, I guess, a, a twit was not a good thing. Um, but here's, here's one from your, uh, from your blog, and it says, Forgot my morning drive coffee. Turns out Social D and The Killers are a good substitute. I'm guessing that that's a band?
4: Those are two bands. And what has happened is that, you know, I've gotten a couple you know, comments back privately to me saying that, you know, they like that music too. So it's just a way of giving people, I mean, if you meet me, you would not think that I was into Social D and the Killers, um, but it gives me a little bit more youthful um, persona, gives you a little bit more insight into who I am, um, gives you a little bit more of a 360 degree view of, you know, Heather.
2: Uh, if you put this up on your blog, do you have any control on what updates show on your on your blog?
4: These are my Twitter updates, so they're coming in live. So these, this, this is, is what, what I'm writing out there.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah, you might. You could actually probably create a search, an RSS feed that's a search that excludes certain keywords. You probably could create a little hashtag for private to exclude those if you wanted.
1: Yeah. And you could do the reverse, which is you can have all of your blog posts show up in your Twitter feed, or at least a pointer to all of your blog posts. Right. But this, this, this is an interesting point for me. It raises a, the, this question again about sort of professional image, uh, professional uh, uh, positioning, and Twitter. I, I, as I've been watching this, uh, watching the, the traffic there, I've been wondering whether lawyers should be kind of circumspect about what they're saying. Should, should they be trying to control their image or should they be as transparent as possible?
4: I think you always have to control your image. You, you create your image and what you want people to know about you. you know, for me, with Twitter, my blog, it's, you need to be thoughtful and you need to have a purpose. And for me, the purpose is to provide a 360-degree view. You know, for a lawyer, it's you know, that they're a lawyer, that they're a thought leader, but that they're a person as well. I mean, When we go into client interviews and we talk to clients, a lot of times they don't really know the lawyer. You know, and they want to build those personal relationships, especially when you have, you know, a bet-the-farm case.
3: Okay, I think there's a middle ground there where you can find something where you start to look like a real person, but you're not alienating people or making them think you're you're unprofessional. And that's obviously something you have to you have to experiment with.
4: Well, and I think politics, you know, is one thing that it comes down to. Some people are a little too open about their politics right now, and I think that that will damage or it could damage, you know, their reputations out there with their clients.
3: Right. I
4: think you need to be very thoughtful about what you put out there. For me, it comes down to, for me, Heather, it comes down to, you know, would my managing partner, would I want him to hear this? You know, would I say this to the partner down the hall? You know, would this, you know, would my you know, friends, my families be offended by this? What would our clients think? So I'm not going to put anything out on my blog that's going to, have, uh, you know, affect or, you know, insult any of our clients. So you have to think about those things. You can't do it blindly.
3: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it may sound weird, but I've heard this this suggestion before that if you put a picture of each of those people in front of you when you're doing this, that might help you think more about what they would think about it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess really what I was thinking about, it. I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of lawyers post some, co- you know, post some, some entries about, you know, how many beers they'd had that night or or, or that kind of thing. And it, it surprised mm-hmm. me, frankly. <laughs> uh, and
4: those are the people that need coaching. Yeah, I guess.
1: Yeah,
3: definitely. It depends on the lawyer, though. I, I would think, you know, if somebody's in private practice, they might do all kinds of things with their brand, you know, sure. just to distinguish themselves.
1: Right. And it does. It does depend, of course, on on what your practice is and and who your clientele are and, and everything else.
4: But one of, the, one of the things I'd like to add, though, is that with all of these tools, whether or not the firm is going to, quote-unquote, approve attorneys using it or not, they're using it. They're using it at home. They're using it personally. And if the firms don't come up with their own social media plans and how they want people to behave and act out there, you know, you have a name. You know, if if, you know, John Smith, you know, whether or not you label that person at the firm or not, people are going to find their Twitter posts. They might see their Facebooks. This is especially important for the younger, attorneys out there. you know, If there's anything that you don't want a potential employer seeing, you've got to get it off. Do not put it on there. You have to be thoughtful and have a purpose when you're utilizing these tools because it can not only damage the firm's brand if you put something out there, but it can damage your personal brand.
1: Well, and yeah, we I, are was, seeing I was that. at a Legal Marketing Association program in New York recently and also at one in Boston. In both uh, programs, the question came up as to To what degree uh, the marketing department, the the marketing director should be involved in the lawyer's uh, involvement in in LinkedIn or or Facebook or, or anywhere else? Do you have a policy on that at your firm and how are you handling that?
4: Right now, we're creating the policy. As I said, you know, we're doing this stuff as it's happening live. You know, with LinkedIn, I'm working with the attorneys to create their profiles. And as their profiles start popping up, because some of them are doing it individually, you know, I'm reviewing them, checking them, making suggestions. You know, things that they might want to clean up. Um, going to the younger partners, especially the younger associates. Um, hey, is there anything on your MySpace page you don't want your mom to see? If there's something you don't want your mom to see on your MySpace page, take it down. Down before we find it, you know, and there are ways that people can go in and do that competitive intelligence. Whether it's me as the marketing director or another law firm, if you are up against another law firm for a piece of business, or you're representing your opposing counsel, they can start finding these things. You know, we do have the tools to go in there. We are going to be checking up on individual people. You know, you have to, you know, bring it back. You have to be thoughtful and you have to have a purpose. If not, get it down. You know, and just don't have
2: it. How do you think Twitter compares to like, rating services like, say, Martindale or Avo um, or other types of things that are out there that are a little more static, that, that uh, are a little more controlled? Does Barker and Wolin have a presence on, on uh, Martindale, on Avo? And Avvo? Can, how far have you let your attorneys get into uh, Twitter?
4: You know, right now, right now I'm controlling the Avo and getting into that and looking at putting our profiles up there. Whether or not we want the profiles there, they're there on Avo, and it comes down to me as the marketing director making the updates and making sure that the profiles are correct and clean same thing with Martindale. You know, right now, I think that the attorneys have a lot more control and we as marketers have a lot more control utilizing the social networking and social media tools. I I don't have to worry about what other people are saying about me if I'm writing the blog. You know, and that's what's really driving those top Google searches right now is what's on your blog, what, you know, people are putting... you know, some Twitters are starting to show up. Since Google has been making changes, you're starting to see a lot more rich, dynamic content um, come up on the first pages. So you really can claim that first page if you're doing your, social, um, your search engine optimization on your website correctly. And we have a lot more control over that, which I like and the firm
1: likes. Brian, I, I know our, our time is starting to run out, but I wanted to... Uh give you an opportunity, I know that on December 9th you're uh, doing an online workshop on this very topic and more social media for marketing. I wonder if you could just tell us quickly about that.
3: Right, it's a four-hour workshop I do with Donna Fryer from Search It Right. She's been in the legal industry and information industry for like 20 years. Uh, So we talk about all these different things. What questions do you need to answer for your firm? How do you set these tools up? How do you monitor them? How do you make sure they're getting you results? Uh, We use things like Omniture at Fuel Interactive. But with this workshop, it's uh, it's four hours. It's online. It's usually six hundred ninety nine bucks. But we wanted to offer to your listeners if they sign up by I'm sorry, November seventh, uh, for four ninety nine.
2: Thank you very much. Oh, I'm
3: I'm sorry. They can get that. They they, they can go to getmorefaster.com, dot com, and that's where that information is.
2: Bob, you'll have to send out a Twitter update about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will. If only I could find a pen to write this down.
2: Well, what uh, as we close, um, what advice would you give to firms out there who grapple with this this decision, whether to attach their firm to these social networking sites? What should they be doing?
4: I would say, you know, to go out there and start listening. Listen to the conversations. Listen to how people are doing. Um, how people are working with these tools and to experiment and experiment with an individual, experiment with somebody's personal blog, which, you know, I'm doing right now. And then start to put together a plan that is thoughtful and purposeful and will work for your firm.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. At the very least, they need to grab their brand names because, for example, Oric, which is what an AMLA top 100 firm has been hijacked on Twitter and somebody's tweeting on there about, you know, things that are not very good. So, You need to get out there and own those at least.
4: Yeah, definitely. If you are not on Twitter, go there and claim your name if your name has not already been claimed. And the same thing with your firm. I claim my firm's name on it and set up a firm profile uh, so that when we're ready to use it, it's there.
2: So I guess we're going to be back to uh, take down notices to Twitter, huh? Well, we're getting close to the end of the program, so what we'd like to do at this point is give you the uh, opportunity to give your final thoughts about this discussion and also to give your contact information, and I presume your Twitter contact information, so that our uh, listeners can get in, h- in touch with you. Brian, let's start with you.
3: Well, I think this is a, all these tools are really revolutionary, and if you get involved now, especially in your specialty, you might be one of the first, so you might have kind of a prime mover advantage uh definitely check them out at least, even if you're not sure what you want to do with them yet. Um, my contact information, I'm at fuelinteractive.com and uh, getmorefaster.com. And on Twitter, I'm Brian Carter.
4: And, you know, for me, you know, I would just, what I recommend is that people just really take the time to go out and listen and learn for yourself. You know, start a personal blog to learn about blogging you know, jump into LinkedIn to learn about LinkedIn, you know, get onto Twitter to learn about Twitter, you know, learn for yourself and build your own experiences. And for me, um, I can be found at legalwatercooler.blogspot.com and Heather Milligan on Twitter.
1: And Craig let me just uh underscore what Heather just said uh for for the uninitiated on Twitter uh encourage you to just dive in and try it because it's really the only way to get a sense of what it is and and what its value is or not you can judge for yourself but you really need to try it and uh You'll find me there at
2: uh, on Bob as Bob Ambrogi on Twitter. Well, if it's any consolation, Bob, my computer is linking to Twitter right now, so it'll <laughs> I'll get my name on it. And our as Heather has advised, our reserve our firm name as well. So it's good advice. Good advice. Well, that about does it for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. Remember, you can check out all of our Lawyer to Lawyer shows at thelegaltalknetwork.com. And a special thank to both both of our guests for taking the time to be with us today and
1: uh, also a reminder that we are on iTunes as well. So I look forward to talking to you again
2: next week, Craig. Look forward to it, Bob. We'll see you then.
0: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Jake Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network.